Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And Annalise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic uh, joining us on this the first day of February. Uh, good, good afternoon to you, Annalise. Good afternoon, Patricia. And I've been talking all morning and I don't care what anyone says, today is the first day of spring. Winter is behind us. Well, it definitely feels like that. I was down yeah. at the regional park. I walk out there every morning and um, definitely it feels much milder. And yeah, yeah. great. And just winter's behind us. We're just, and we're, we're pressing ahead. We're I love the stretch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can already see it. It's. Yeah. I was I was chatting with, um, I think it was my sister on the phone yeah, Saturday and um I, we were chatting away and I said, God, I better go because when I realised what time it was, it was nearly half five. I said, oh my God, is it half five already? And I was just, God, it's grand strange in the evening. Yeah. Just all of us, and it's all of a sudden it seems to have happened. It's great. Which it's is fantastic. really good. Lots to look forward to. Okay, loads of questions in for you. Hi, Patricia, question for Annalise. I am in my 50s. Could you ask Annalise, Revive Active, is that a good source of vitamin D? Yes, it has a thousand IUs of vitamin D as far as I'm aware. Now, Revive Active is a fantastic supplement. It's a really, really high quality one. And there's a lot of ingredients in it as well that are very good for heart health. So um, it's brilliant if you're trying to, you know, get your blood pressure down, if you want to make sure that your cardiovascular system is working healthily. Um, It's great for people who do a lot of exercise because there's a lot of those same things for blood pressure are good for energy. So it's a great one. The vitamin D is a thousand IUs, which should be enough for anybody healthy. So that is covered. Don't take a separate supplement. Um, And I think every now and then it's a good thing, Patricia, to take a break from supplements and just give yourself some time off. It might be that a half a sachet enough as well could be uh, good for your requirements, you know, if your diet is pretty good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hi, um, Annalise. What would you recommend for sciatica, which can be really painful? Well, the person who solves sciatica now, Patricia, is going to be like the person who solves weight loss. And it's just a very, very difficult one to get a handle on because it's um, a trapped nerve in the back. So it's a kind of a structural problem. And then, of course, because it's trapped, it becomes inflamed and that then almost makes it more trapped and worse. So there unfortunately is no supplement really that can help sciatica. I think that you need to go to somebody who's qualified in um, osteopathy or physical therapy or physiotherapy, but somebody who has a background in treating sciatica and you have to get the manual manipulation. You could take natural anti-inflammatories and while they're fantastic, 
on the whole for things like arthritis and any inflammatory condition, they're not going to free up a trapped nerve. So you you need to do it in combination. And if you want the natural anti-inflammatories, you're looking at things like Boswellia, which is the extract from um, from frankincense, or you're looking at high-dose turmeric. Fish oils are wonderful as well. So they're all great for general um, pain and inflammation, but unfortunately not for sciatica. Okay, now I'm always sort of, whenever you hear somebody with a cough, you're thinking straight away, God, you need to go for a COVID test. But listeners saying, what would Annalise recommend uh, as a cough bottle? Uh, I've got a dry cough. I mean, what is the, when somebody comes into you with a with a cough, should people go forward for COVID testing? Um, I suppose, Patricia, it's, it's, I suppose really if you're being a responsible citizen, yes, you should, just to rule it out. Because if you do have COVID, you should be staying indoors and isolating. So from that perspective, yes. But um, if you've been at home and, you know, not going out and about yourself and not been in contact with anyone who's had COVID, it probably could just be a cough. So and a lingering cough that's been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks. You absolutely, would, yeah. yeah. Okay. That happens as well. But there's actually, when somebody comes in with a dry cough, Patricia, I don't always immediately assume it's a chest cough. Sometimes it could be a cough from the coming from the stomach because the little valve at the top of the stomach is weak and open and the fumes of the acid that's released when you eat are that, that opens up and the fumes come up and catch your breath. So a lot of people who have a dry cough, especially if it's been going on for months on end, it's actually nothing to do with their chest. It's to do with the, the stomach. Um, so that's one thing to rule out. And then for a dry cough, you're always looking at things that are very soothing and um, supportive of the mucous membranes because that's what's dry and inflamed. So you're looking at mullion and marshmallow and Comvita do a lovely uh, cough bottle with the Manuka honey in there and propolis from the bees, which is wonderful for your immune system. And they do one with mullion and they do one with marshmallow. So try those Give and that take a try. one every day. Yeah. Uh, hi, Annalise. Is it safe to take milk, thistle and echinacea while on a statin? Also, what about taking St. John's wort? Okay, so yes, it is safe to take milk, thistle which is generally taken for the health of the liver cells, and echinacea, which is generally taken to boost your T-cell function, which is your first line of defense in your immune system for coughs and colds and viruses. So it is safe to take those with a statin, but absolutely not at the same time. So statins, generally, a lot of people are directed to take them at night. They are rough on the liver, which is why they recommend that you have regular liver tests when you're on a statin to make sure your liver is coping. So you certainly don't want to put any herbs in there at the same time as the statin. So if you're going to take your statin at night, take the others in the morning. And if you're going to take your statin in the morning, take the others at night or wait a good four hours till the statin has gone through the liver. And the last question then was St. John's wort. This is a herb traditionally used for boosting mood. Um, it's, it's a lot of people who would suffer from depression find that it's very, very good to help them. Um, and in a lot of studies have shown as well that it can be um, it can equate to taking the antidepressant tablets that can boost mood to that level as well. So um, in Ireland, we have to get it on prescription. You can't buy it over the counter. So talk to your doctor about it and they will write a prescription. It would not be suitable to take at the same time as any other antidepressant medication. OK, hi. Questions for Annalise, please. My 14-year-old daughter has started to get, to get an awful rash around her mouth. It started when she started to get her periods. Also, could you recommend something for my younger daughter, who's, who's only three, who's always very pale? OK, start with the 14-year-old first. OK, so a rash is normally when I hear something happening around, around the period, I think hormones and 
maybe it's little sort of tiny acne spots. If it's that, it's a hormonal issue and really what you're looking at is hormone balance and liver. Um, there's a great complex for that. Um, Viridian do a beautiful clear skin complex, it's called, which attacks the skin from the gut, the liver and the skin. It has something in there for everything and I get great feedback all the time from my customers on that. So if it's more kind of acne spots around the period, that's it. But when, when the customer says rash, I wonder... With masks, a lot yeah. of people are getting rashes. I thought getting, the same. As yeah. soon as I saw it, I thought the same thing. The, I mean, I even noticed the other day around my nose and I've, I was getting little spots and little, little, little rash. And it's from wearing all the masks. We're just it not is. used to wearing the masks. Especially if you're wearing masks all the time, you know, all the day. Although the kids aren't in school at school, yeah, so yeah. it shouldn't be the issue. So if it is a mask issue, what I have been recommending to people for their skin is to spray the mask and to spray their skin in the morning with um, the colloidal silver, which is a very, very good, natural, non-damaging, gentle antibacterial that will kill the bacteria in the masks and on your skin. And that contributes to better, clearer skin. And make sure you change your mask throughout the day if you have to wear it all the time. OK, and for the, the smaller little one, the little three-year-old who's always pale. Yeah, so now if you're just pale in colour, that's just the way you are. But if you're pale and low in energy, it's possibly anemia. One of the ways to check is to pull down the bottom eyelid and it should be a good healthy pinkish red. But if it's kind of whitey, it might mean that there's a bit of iron deficiency. So maybe try a tonic. Um, the Flora Vital or the, the Flora Dix is a very suitable one for young children. It comes in a kind of an orange juice flavour. It's very easy to take and gentle on the stomach. Okay, uh, this is from uh, John. Uh, psoriasis and arthritis, an autoimmune condition in a 28-year-old male told no cure, only uh, treatment. Um, I've been prescribed Metatrex. Metatrexate. Me- yeah, and, and something else, Cosentex medicine. Um, very severe long-term effects. Any advice? Uh, yeah. would be gratefully appreciated. So, absolutely. And you know, with autoimmune that um with autoimmune diseases and they range from a cirrhotic arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, Sorgren syndrome, there's lots of them. Um the key really is to sort of supporting the body to rebalance the immune system. I find um and there is a lot of um information on the link between the gut health and autoimmune disease. 80% of our immune system is in our gut. So if you've got an intolerance or a food um, sensitivity, it possibly, along with, you know, much more complicated factors involving your gut bacteria population, there can be something that triggers autoimmune. So it triggers the immune system to start attacking itself. It's like the immune system has become hypersensitive and just turns in on itself. For example, with rheumatoid arthritis, a lot of people who have that have got can have high populations of a bacteria called Yersinia in the gut. So there's some link. Obviously, Yersinia has some link. So it's a really, that's the long answer. The short answer is that you need to look at total body wellness. So I would definitely recommend working together with the nutritional therapist because you have to get every system within the body, the gut, the liver, the kidneys, um, then the skeletal system, muscles and joints, all working as well as they possibly can. And that's the way to get yourself back into remission with autoimmune disease and you have to have lifestyle changes so that you don't trigger 
back into a flare-up again. Okay, good luck with that. Query for Annalise, please. Following two recent infections which required antibiotic treatment, I had a colonoscopy. This showed that I have mild diverticular disease. I'm not yet 50 and would appreciate any advice from Annalise as to how to manage this condition and to prevent further infection and discomfort. Okay, so diverticular disease is where the the muscle of the colon, which is a very um, sort of a, a stretchy muscle, it actually blows out into little pouches. And what can happen is that food can get stuck in those pouches, well, undigested food and faecal matter can get stuck in those pouches and obviously rots and the bacteria then can cause infection. At that point, it's normally called diverticulosis, which is the infectious state. So um, the best way to prevent you know, getting an infection is to make sure that your bowels are moving regularly. And I, by I mean that, I mean every single day. If you eat a lot of fruit and vegetables, your bowels should move twice a day. You shouldn't be straining. Um, and so you need to get that sorted out. So it might mean taking a natural fibre like psyllium. Psyllium is lovely because it helps to bring form to a loose stool, but it also can make, um, if, like if anyone who's taken it knows that it, it goes very gloopy and slimy. So it can soften a hard stool and it makes it very easy to pass and a lot less likely to break up and get stuck in pouches. So that's a definite must. A probiotic is always a good thing to do as well because if you've got good bacteria living in your colon, they can generally crowd out and fight off any bad bacteria much more efficiently. So I would definitely do the two of those. And then if you do suffer from constipation, I would consider maybe taking a digestive enzyme just to help you break your food down better so it's less likely that undigested proteins and fats are reaching the colon. Okay, Breed has an interesting one. I am very allergic to dogs. But recently we decided to purchase a dog, a non-shedding one, which I thought I'd be okay with. Unfortunately, I'm not. I'm developing allergies towards this dog. Maybe not as severe as if the dog was a shedding type, but I'm still suffering. Could you suggest what might help? Yeah, there's, um, I suppose, one very obvious thing. but Give it to the dog. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, you can go through desensitization therapy for allergies and they you know the allergy clinics in the hospitals in Ireland do it as well but in you know in the short term maybe what you need to take is simply an antihistamine from the pharmacy or you can take natural antihistamines and the best one really for something like that is probably quercetin with stinging nettle so um the the two of those are very good for any kind of runny nose kind of allergies um, both natural antihistamines and safe to take in the long term. Um, and then there are certain homeopathic remedies as well. But I think it's very specific, so you're better to visit a homeopath. Um, um, the apis meal sometimes can be very good for, for allergies, but it's with homeopathy, you have to get the right remedy for the right person. Mary wants to know, can green tea raise your blood pressure? Um, in a roundabout way, yes, I think it probably could, Patricia, because there is caffeine on it. And there was a programme on, on the television last night that was um, talking about um, health supplements and how they can be dangerous. And green tea was one that was mentioned. A lot of people take green tea extract for um, for um, weight loss. Um, so I think, and that affected this gentleman's liver and he had problems with it. So, I mean, Taking anything in a high dose in a pure form is not a good way to go. Drinking green tea, um, if it would be like drinking much, too much tea and coffee, it could raise the caffeine. And caffeine does act exactly like adrenaline in the body and raises your heartbeat and your blood pressure. So I suppose the only way to do is just do your experiment and cut it out for a month. Uh, Nora wants to know, have you any natural remedy to remove wax from ears? 
earwax? Well, one of the ones that works really well is the ear candling and it can be a bit daunting to start off. So basically you've got a wax candle that you insert into the ear and you set it alight and it heats up and it sucks up, the, loosens and sucks up the, um, the wow. ear wax. And it's great for people who've got, you know, really wax stuck right in there. Um, they say that you should never put anything larger than your elbow into your ear. So <laughs> going at it with... Um, a, a, a cotton bud can cause damage. The one thing that will work is not a natural remedy at all. It's hydrogen peroxide, which is bleach. You'll get a solution in the pharmacy and you just put that into the ear and you let it sit for 10 or 15 minutes and that can work well as well. Okay, but uh, I said, yeah, I've had it done and it's fantastic. Get somebody else to do it on you. Don't try and do it on yourself. Exactly. Then. You know, it's, yeah, and I know a lot of, uh, I mean, a lot of those um, places that offer them are closed at the moment because some beauticians do it, but they wouldn't be open at the moment. They won't. And actually, it's, uh, if you've done it, Patricia, it's actually very easy to do yourself. It is. It's quite daunting to start off. Yeah. If you have someone help you at the beginning, it's easy to get into the habit of doing it yourself. And it's really relaxing as well. Okay, finally, what's the best probiotic to use for your gut, would you suggest? So, there is actually no answer to that one. And, um, there are so many probiotics on the market now and it's, it's, um, it's a difficult one to say because I think the, the, the different bacteria will do different things and different people's guts are different. So, for example, people they've found who are naturally thin, they have a very high per- population of a, one type of bacteria in their gut. They find that people who are um, you know, more likely to have bowel cancers, have low populations of other bacteria in their gut. So the only way to know really is to do something like a stool test and to see what your um, bacterial population look like. So there are certain ones that are very good for people who suffer from diarrhea. Alflorex is one. Um, There's another one made by Optibac. It's actually sold as a traveling probiotic, but it um, has got bacteria in there that are very good for helping people who have diarrhea, a lot of diarrhea, IBS. Then you've got ones that are better for constipation that might have some fibre in there. You've got ones that have um, that are better for female health, so better for for um, you know preventing thrush. So the best thing I could recommend really is to go and speak to a health shop because they will be the experts there. Okay. All right, we leave it there, Annelise. Have a great Thanks, week Patricia. and we'll chat again next week. That is Annelise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in uh, Balancolic. And my profuse apologies to a huge number of people who sent in questions for Annelise. We got through as many of them as uh, we possibly could, but she joins us every Monday after half past 12, so she will be back with us uh, next week. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.